something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Our host was devoted to the science of bowling lane maintenance, and for more than 20 years, he was the PBA Tours Lane Maintenance Director. The Phantom has gained worldwide industry recognition as one of the foremost experts on the subject of lane maintenance. And now, like every Wednesday, well, he's here again with yet another interesting guest or topic that will make you think about the world's number one participation sport, bowling. And hey, don't forget, now the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club is here. The Phantom, well, he'll fill you youngsters in. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest has been here many times in the past. In fact, he is literally tied with Jim Dressel, Larry Dickstein, and Carmen Salvino, for the most appearances here on Phantom Radio. And what do they all have in common? Well, that is what this show is all about. And that's the passing along of knowledge and information. Besides being a great communicator, our guest this week could be the best ball driller and or coach in the entire bowling business. And let's get him out here because I don't want to waste any more time I'm telling you all the stuff that he's done or we'll be eating up the whole show. And I know he's got a lot of information. So how you doing, Bill Hall, my good buddy? I'm great, Blue Doyle. How about yourself? (laughs) I'm fine. It's been raining out here in the West Coast, but today looks a little sunny. (laughs) The last time you were here, you really surprised me by turning the tables on me and asking me a lot of questions. So what do you have in mind this time, my friend? Turning the tables again, because a lot of people got reached out after the last show. So now it's time to bite back one more time. And uh, you're going to be brought over the barbecue. (laughs) Well, let me me say this before you get going. You mentioned a lot of people are mentioning things. I'll tell you what, that's the most emails I ever got. Because uh, we got a lot of information out there to the public, and that's what we want to do. So go ahead, my friend. Give me your best shot. Okay, so I have my own term for social media on Monday. I call it Transition Monday because it seems like everybody's saying I missed the transition. When does the transition begin? <laughs> that's a great question. You know, um, back in the day, you know, when I started in the 70s, uh, it would start around the second block, you know, after the guys had bowled five or six games. And then a new crew came in. They they were using fresh balls and all that. But now, <laughs> I'm not out there right now, but I can still tell. It starts after the first ball is thrown. Because these bowling balls of today are so aggressive. Uh, they want to pick up that oil and move it down right away. That leads me to my next question. Because <laughs> the next one's going to be a little bit harder for you. Okay. And 
you have no idea where I'm going with this. Are players becoming too dependent on equipment and the type of oil pattern that, that they're bowling on more than what their skill level is? You know, that is a great yeah, question. And I do believe they are. They all have a couple of ball reps standing behind them. Sometimes when they go from pair to pair, the ball rep will be at the next pair looking, seeing what the lane looks like. And sometimes they're not even looking at the lane themselves. They'll grab another ball based on what their ball rep will tell them. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not good uh, because all lanes act different sometimes because of the topography, number one. But nowadays I'm seeing that uh, they're putting a lot more oil in the middle, which is a lot more forgiving than it used to be back in the day when you had a ball track to bowl on uh, and you bowled mo mostly on the topography of the lane. And nowadays you're bowling more on oil. And that oil moves around a heck of a lot more. Uh, actually, the ball track doesn't move at all. The, the oil on top of it does when they put that much out there. Uh, as an example, real quick, we used to use about a quarter of an ounce per lane. Uh, that's about a thimbleful. Now they're using close to an ounce. And the oil that they use today is a heck of a lot stronger than what we used to use. Uh, we used to use basically mineral oil with a little bit of alcohol in it so that when it went through the wick and got on the lane, the alcohol would dry up and you boiled on the mineral oil. Well, now you got up to 14 additives in there and plus the topography of today's lanes being synthetic and they don't have a ball track anymore. And you're a victim of whatever shape those panels are in. If they're crooked, left to right, up and down, straight to back, front to back, whatever. Uh, they got to over, overcome those sins that are in the lane with oil. Otherwise, nobody could average 100. But anyway, that's really technical. And maybe someday we'll get into that as long as everybody has a T-square in front of them and, and a couple of, uh, what do you call those old tools we used to use in the school? Uh, <laughs> I forget what they're called. They got a point on them and a pencil and all that, and you drew circles. But anyway. I, I can, yeah, you got uh, you got me by surprise. I know exactly what you're talking about. But you, you brought up something that, yeah, we talk a lot about topography. But there's one subject that we hear very, very little about. So this will take a moment. I call it the landscape. The landscape is very simple to understand. Let's say for an example, when you get a brand new lane, synthetic lane bed, it's like having 4,000 uh, grit for a surface. Well, then within years, I'm not exactly sure how many, that lane surface turns into 180 grit. They literally get scratched up that much. So I call it the landscape. And so you could dump an, a ton of oil on a lane, but if the landscape is gritted up so much so, it's basically like oiling carpet. So it can look pretty, but still it's carpet underneath. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, you, you're hitting the, the nail right on the head. Uh... That lane definitely gets, uh, when it gets abused, uh, the balls will start to flatten out some of the parts of that lane because that, that actually all it is is a surface and any surface is uh, 
has a tendency to get marked up, especially with the bowling balls going down the lane. And it's uh, with the high friction balls that we have nowadays, reactive resin and whatnot, even the urethane balls that they sand up will definitely affect that lane. And uh, yeah, the last thing I want to say about the topography at this point in time, there was a guy that uh, shot an apple off of somebody's head. I think it was Isaac Newton or somebody, whatever the guy's name was, who invented gravity. And gravity simply means, you know, something's going to go to the ground at some point in time. And if there's a low spot in the lane, that's what the bowling ball will do. It'll go toward that low spot in the lane. You know, when there's a high friction ball being used and there's friction on the lane, you have friction on friction, all you're going to look for is hook. And depending on where that hook is, it's kind of funny. I get calls all the time from people. Hey, you got to help me with my lanes. They're hooking. And I'll say, where? Well, in the, on the lane. I know, but where are they hooking? Oh, I don't know. They're just complaining. They're hooking. Well, I got to know if they're hooking in the heads, they're hooking in mid lane, or they're hooking in the back end. Uh, depends what that oil pattern is going to show you. So there's a whole lot to it. It's a combination of science and an art. I always told people, if you want to make excuses, you can be a lane man because there's all kind of things that affect uh, the roll of the bowling ball down the lane because the weakest part of that whole system is the oil. The lane's not going to change that much while you're bowling. And the, if it's got lane finish on it, that's going to hold up longer than oil. So oil is the first thing to go. Okay, so here's where we run into what I see is a problem in today's game. I've even seen people sit there and they'll throw one ball and then sand the crap out of their ball. And then instead of moving their feet or anything like that and lining up differently, they'll just sand it so that they get the hook that they're looking for. 10 minutes later, they're complaining that there's not enough oil on the lane. How detrimental is it regardless of the surface of ball that you're using or the type of material, when you see so many people sanding the crap out of their ball because they refuse to line up differently. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge problem, but nobody cares about the other guy that's bowling on that lane. You're only worried about yourself. And what you're looking for is a ball reaction, whether you can throw and hit the pocket with consistency. And the number one thing about all that is, are you actually physically repeating shots or are you hoping that the ball is going to do everything for you and, and that's one of the problems uh, uh some of the guys nowadays uh let's face it they're every bit as good as the guys were back in the old days but there's a lot less of them you know back in the day when the pba in the 70s let's say had 160 man fields you had 100 guys that could win at any time now we got shortened fields i think they're going to be less and less as time goes by. Matter of fact, that U.S. Open just about had 100 guys in it. And you know, when it comes right down to it, the top 30 guys, not in that particular tournament, but if you took the top 100 guys on the tour, there'd be about 30 of them that could dominate. So the overall uh, quality, I think, is a lot less, even though the top guys are every bit as good as the top guys were back in the day. You know, since we're on the subject of oil patterns and and things like that. My contention is every time I hear someone say carry down, to me, I've been down at the back end of the lane and I know how much oil it takes 
to get a ball to, to skid through the front so that it can delay its motion and make a, a stronger motion on the back of the lane. As the great legend Earl Anthony said, first the ball has to skid. Well, if that oil, and literally, if you look, go look up the photos of blue oil on uh, the internet, you can literally see where every ball lands and takes a divot out of the front part of the lane. You and I have joked about this before, that because the front part has lost so much, burned up, and being absorbed because of the, uh, the flare of the bowling balls and then the, the track becoming wider and wider, that the back of the pattern actually ends up wider than the front part of the pattern. We've, we've even joked that sometimes there's, because the back of the pattern is wider, there hasn't gained as very much oil, but it's wider and, and nobody's playing it, that it would be better if they stood at the pins and threw at the foul line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even back in the day when I was out there, you know, in the 80s and 90s and even the 70s, we used to talk about that too because, you know, that's got to happen. It's just a liquid. That's all it really is, especially if it gets picked up on the bowling ball. The only advantage in those days was the ball didn't flare like it does now, and it would roll over the same part of the ball. The oil would be in the same part of the bowling ball, and so it would last a lot longer on the lane. In fact, we would oil the lanes at 4 in the morning, and they'd still be bowing at 10 o'clock at night. Now, if they're bowing uh, two hours later, they're casting the ball over the gutter caps, uh, hooking the whole lane because – the oil in the laydown area, the first few feet of the lane, is all wiped out. The, the oil is gone. It's picked it up and exposed it someplace else. Uh, so that's one of the things. In a, in a way, uh, things are tougher nowadays, even though the oil patterns are a lot easier. A whole river of oil in the middle, uh, they're still tougher because you got to have the right ball. And you got to know when to move and you got to know when to change balls. And there's all that. That's why it's, I don't know if I want to call it funny, hysterical, sad, but they show a break on TV and there's three guys back there that are trying to tell the greatest bowlers in the world what to do. And none of those three guys can break an egg. I don't know how they're so good all of a sudden, but, you know, you see a, a good golf coach standing by Phil Mickelson or standing by Tiger Woods. At least those guys were decent players back in the day. And that's all they are is great coaches, but it all comes down to the player himself uh, to make the good shots, whether it's golf or bowling. And that, that, that part of the game bothers me, but, you know, I'm an old timer and a lot of people uh, in my age uh, think that uh, Ty Cobb was better than Willie Mays. You know, the bat, the, the pass is always better, but I don't know. I, I just, uh, I watch it. In fact, uh, one thing that I want to mention before we even close today is I'm starting a junior bowlers club, and I went to a junior bowling tournament the other day that has PBA juniors, what they call, and they're kids under 15, under 14. they got age groups, and I'm I'm really happy, and, and I don't know what the word is, but enriched uh, about what I'm seeing down the road. These kids, they want the lanes tough, and they they're out there bowling, beautiful styles. This one girl, uh, she's been all over the internet. Uh, I talked to her father and she's got Mark Baker as a coach. And I'll tell you what, she's like 16 years old 
she could go on the women's tour right now and probably be uh, 50-50 to win every tournament. But uh, I'm encouraged about what I'm seeing with the kids coming up, especially because they want the lane stuff. And that's the way it should be. Speaking of which, you have uh, a renowned caricature artist, Mr. Sam Villarreal, doing the work for you. And there's none better when it comes to art than Sam Villarreal. Do you know what his previous job was? You know, I know he's an artist now, but do you know what his previous job was? You know, he grew up in sports. He was a great pitcher in baseball. He played a lot of golf and was good at golf. Bowling was another sport that he was good at. And uh, he had chances to go on, but he decided he wanted to just get a job and work. So he got a job in the grocery business, and he was working in a supermarket. And when they had the ad signs that would come out every week, you know, cantaloupes are 39 cents or whatever, he would draw a picture, put it up on the window so people driving by. And they got so many people stopping by saying, what, what's this? You know, look at that. Nice. Instead of having a, you know, mimeograph thing of a picture of a watermelon or something on there, he, he drew these drawings. And he was acclaimed. And he's actually retired from that early. And he just devotes his time now to drawing pictures. It's a talent that's unbelievable. I never told you about his previous life of being a sandwich artist. <laughs> no, I, I don't know about that part. Tell me. <laughs> I have an inside joke with him that if he ever fails as an artist, yeah. he can go to work for Subway and be a sandwich artist. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I know you struck up a, uh, a friendship with him because uh, I heard through the grapevine he was out there in Vegas and you were playing golf with him. It's the first one that I played in about a year. Uh, again, we moved into a house, which now I'm getting ready for planting season. So you'll get those pictures that I send you of all the plants. Okay. It's getting ready for planting. Cool. So, yeah, we played We played together. He played great. I played eh. But, you know, I just haven't had a lot of time. I'm doing so many things around here. But I know we're going to run out of time pretty soon. But <laughs> That's all right. I'm going to still give you some time. Go ahead. <laughs> here, here's where I want to. You know, we talk about the, the, the great players of today. You brought up the past. What player, one lefty, one righty, do you think if they were in their prime, that they would still be dominant players today that were from the past. All right. The lefty, um, you know, everybody thinks I'm going to say Earl Anthony, but there's a tie because I got to throw a guy in there that's not that bad, Mike Albee. I got to put Albee and Anthony, both of them would dominate on today's conditions. As far as the right side, there's a guy that uh, has been dominant for a long, long time. And you see him on there, and everybody likes to watch him bowl because you never know what he's going to do. The talent of Pete Weber cannot be duplicated. Uh, he would dominate out there today. Uh, you know, if he was in his prime, I'm sure he would be in the top two or three of all, all the top money winners out there. So those are my three guys. Um, that's all I can say because there's so many of them. Um, that's off the top of my head. Okay, so let's go in a different direction. What changes would you like to see bowling make to turn it more into a sport rather rather than entertainment or recreation? 
Well, I hope I don't get in trouble for this because one of our sponsors is a ball company. And in my opinion, if you're number one making a product and things change, you're still going to be number one, no matter what the changes are, because what made you number one is the quality that you produce. So in other words, if they change the, the putting on the green of a golf course, say, oh, you can't use this putter. Whoever made the best putter before will make the best putter now, no matter what the rule change is. And you know, if you think about it, and this has always bothered me, because in hockey, in the major leagues of hockey, they use a certain puck. When they go down to the next level, the juniors in hockey, which is a high high class, they have their own puck. Then you go down to the next, next association. They all have a different puck for each league, just like baseball has AAA, AA, and all that. Major League Baseball, they use the same ball and the same uh, for the whole league in both leagues, Major Leagues, uh, National American. In basketball, the Globetrotters and all that, they use whatever. But in the NBA, they use one ball. In football, in the NFL, they use one ball. And, you know, there's no, if you, your hand isn't big enough, you better go play another position besides quarterback. I think the game would be a lot better and a lot more respected if they use one ball and make the specifications, whatever they may be. And every company has got to uh, make the ball according to those specs. Whoever makes the best ball, that's the one they're going to use. So it's kind of controversial. At one time, we had 10 million league bowlers. And we had uh, 10,000 bowling centers. Now we got 2 million league bowlers. We got about 4,000 bowling centers. Things are going down pretty rapid. I think it's time to make a change. That's just me. Uh, there is no doubt that there has to be some kind of change. And, you know, it. I know people don't like when I say that it's entertainment right now, but that's for the vast 99.9% of, of what is being scored, it's entertainment. And I know people don't like to hear that, but you can't defy the facts that, Every time you turn around, there's another eight, whatever, another back-to-back -back 300. Actually, I'm surprised when I don't read that there's been another 900 shot. So I think that we have to do something if we want to be able to categorize a sports side and an entertainment side. No question about it. You know, I go to see my uncle. He's still playing softball, 70 years old. And there's a rule now in softball that if you hit two home runs in an inning, the next home runs an out because they're hitting 40 home runs a game with these softballs and that bats and the quality and the instructions and all that. Even these old timers, you know, it, it becomes a joke. And, and, you know, as far as entertainment goes, I remember a couple of years ago, oh, we're going to put a dye in the oil because that'll be more entertaining because the people can see. Well, now they're going to take the die out. So in other words, they're going to take the entertainment out? Is that what they're telling us? <laughs> and, and then the UV that measures, you know, the thickness of the oil on the lane, that's got, that's thrown by the wayside. It's going to be uh, no more UV in the oil. So they're taking all these things away 
the problems are still going to be there, whatever they may be, because still, I've been to a couple of PBA tournaments in the last two years, and I'll never forget hearing the complaints and whatever when I was out there, and it's still the same complaints. Uh, this guy, you know, he's on that staff. They got better ball than I do. And I didn't make the change fast enough. It's nothing about their execution, how they bowled anymore. You know, instead of saying I bowled bad, it's that guy had a better ball. That guy got lined up quicker than me. That guy's lucky. Dot, dot, dot. And on and on and on. So I, I want to see uh, like LeBron James complain about the basketball someday. That'll never happen because. Everybody has to use the same thing. One final question. Okay. When are we ever going to do a live show together and with you, Larry Lickstein, myself, and I would really like to bring in somebody like uh, Danny Wiseman or Norm Duke, and we just do an exhibition. I've already got confirmation from Jerry Francomano that he will give us the room and he will give us the lanes. When can we set that up? Well, you're there, and then we'd have to come there. So I'll be there in forty in 45 minutes. No, an hour and a half, I mean, to get to Vegas. It's 45 minutes to get to L.A., but I'll be there as soon as you uh, pull the trigger. So I know we've talked about it before. We just haven't gotten around to close the deal. So, you know, hopefully Litchie can show up because he would add anything to the conversation as long as he put an alarm clock on him because he might talk for 45 minutes. Because uh, <laughs> once you get that him going, his, he's that a beauty. his introduction. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm all for that. Let's do it. I mean, before it's too late. All right. Well, I'll definitely get on Jerry Francomano and I'll take tie base, t uh, touch base with these other gentlemen. And I think that we should just do a Q&A and then a little online on help right afterwards, and I get to be the announcer. Fantastic. you got a great voice. You're good looking. You can handle it. You know everybody down there. So you line it up. So was that your last question? Because i got a couple things i got to mention, too, today. All right. Go right ahead. All right, Pards. Well, anyway, uh, we're very excited over here at Phantom Radio because, as I mentioned, um, we're going to be starting a full-fledged Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. It's not going to be a tournament-oriented thing. It's going to be something where we're going to pass along as much knowledge as we can to the kids. Um, as I look around and I travel around the country, there's basically four entities of bowling. There's open play, and that's static right now. It's about the same. It's not gangbusters. And then there's the seniors. They're dropping out pretty quick, slowly but surely. They can't afford these new bowling balls, and, and they're all using these older balls, and uh, there's so much oil in the middle of the lane, they can't make a four-pin, so they're missing their spares, so they're going down on average. They don't want to spend that money. they a fixed income. And then you got the uh, handicap leagues, okay, and uh, <laughs> that's dropping out too, remember, in the mornings, the women used to be out there all all morning, the coffee club, talking uh, gossip and whatnot. And then you got the juniors. The only one that's growing is the juniors. So I don't want to lose them, so I'm going to start promoting the heck out of them. And we're going to devote a part of every show 
to the juniors. We need to get them out there. Uh, they're growing fast. Uh, they're learning as much as they can. We're going to teach them as much as we can. And so each show, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about them. It's going to be free. Anybody that signs up, you're going to start getting prizes. They send in a question. They're going to get a prize. They call me up or send me an email. Hey, Mr. Phantom, I saw the show yesterday with Joe Blow. I liked it. You're going to get a prize. And we're getting, we're recruiting prizes from a lot of different entities. We're going to be giving away bag tags. We're going to give away buttons. We're going to be giving away towels, T-shirts, hats, whatever. So we want these kids to get totally involved. I don't want to see the kids not bowling on Saturday and heading out to the soccer field. And parents are telling me, well, that's because there's one ball. You can have 20, 30 people out there. Well, we got to teach these kids that this is a lifetime sport. And it's so well uh, taken care of in one way. Grandfathers can bowl their grandsons with the handicap system we got now. And it's competitive. So I don't want to hear it about checkers and, and, and chess and all that kind of stuff. As an old man, you, you don't want to bowl. The kids don't want to bowl. I want the kids out there bowling. So it's going to be free to join. And we have a Facebook page. It's called the Phantom Radio Show page. Check it out. See what it's all about. And basically, that's it. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to have the guest, that girl that's really a good bowler. She's on in a couple of weeks. The PBA has a junior director now, Mike Sleds. We used to work for Brunswick and DBA. He's been around for 40 years. Uh, the guy's really talented. Uh, he's going to be helping them. And they've already promised us that uh, they're going to be helping us every step of the way. Because we're not in competition with anybody. We're going to be a, an educational channel pretty much. And you mentioned my buddy Sam. Sam's going to be on my committee. Another kid named Brian Hirsch. He knows everybody in bowling. He knows all the kids. And then we got Dave Kowalski, the Hall of Fame coach from Michigan. So that's basically it. And you trouble. Hear more about it as time goes by. And you need some love and care. And nothing. Well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me. And soon. from the high roller and also our sponsor is Dave Kowalski the bowling guru from Michigan and he was just recently inducted into the Michigan Coaches Hall of Fame so basically that's it Billy you get the last word Pards. always enlightening and a pleasure to do your show because I don't try to pretend I have all the answers because I don't and I always, always learn something new from you. Well, you know what? I didn't make up anything in my life. I never invented anything. I have been able to look and see with my eyes. Thank God I got eyesight and I can see what's going on. Uh, some of that's foresight. Some of it's guesswork. Some of it's risk and reward, whatever it is. If you pay attention, sometimes you succeed at something. And I learned a long time ago that there are two famous books the most famous book is the Bible, and the second famous book is called Common Sense. 
So I've been fortunate to have that in my life and a lot of good mentors. So for Phantom Radio, this is a phantom. <laughs>